This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Resources, LLC. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, it's your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I am Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is an essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. By the way, you can access the essay in Holland on my website at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. I'm just going to read you the end of it. This is about Holland. It's just a different place. It's slower paced than Italy, less flashy than Italy. But after you've been there for a while and you catch your breath, you look around and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills, Holland has tulips, Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy and coming and going from Italy, and they're all bragging about what a wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. The pain of that will never, ever go away because the loss of that dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy, you may never be free to enjoy the very special, the very lovely things about Holland. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. This has been a good week in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Maria and Christina, who are 19 and 17, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical 14-year-old. Today, my husband and I are celebrating our 29th anniversary. It has been a long, amazing journey with many twists along the way. We're both engineers. Um, My goal, I was to go to college, become an engineer. um, And if I had children, I was going to have two between the ages of 32 and 35. Well, I did. And then I decided to have a third child. What was amazing is when I started having children, I realized how much I really liked them. But... Unlike most stories, I realized I was in Holland when my oldest two were six and a half and four and a half. And um, that was very difficult to adjust to that. But what I realized is I live in Holland. I am happy in Holland. And I have met the most wonderful people in Holland. For instance, today our guest is Jennifer Lynn Adams. And she was born with partial limbs. And she's one of those great people that I I get to meet, and she um, was Miss Wheelchair America 2014. Sometimes um, when I do get a glimpse of what it would be like to live in Italy, because we have a typical 14-year-old who just started high school, and that has been so interesting and exciting. And I remember when Anna was little, I used to stress out so much, how am I going to tell my youngest, Anna, that Maria and Christina are special needs and, and what's going to happen when she passes them and reading and math. And when Anna really realized they were special needs, she must have been about eight or nine. And I was tucking her in bed after I had explained it to her. I was tucking her in bed and she says, well, does this mean I have to be nice to them? And I said, I looked at her, I said, no, they're your sisters. And I started laughing because I realized how silly that was. But no, you don't have to be nice with them. Yes, they're special needs, but they're your sisters. And as time went on and Maria, Anna passed Maria 
and reading and math and everything, what I realized is that we were a family. Our family, your position in the family was the same. Everyone was loved equally. And that position in the family was not based on what you could or couldn't do. And that's how we made our family work. So it's been 29 years. I always have my husband read over my intro. And he said, you know what? You forgot to say what a great husband I have. (laughs) And I do. I do have a great husband. And yes, the divorce rate is high in the special needs community. And maybe about five years from now, I plan to write a book just on that subject. But um, it has been 29 years. And I'm looking forward to another 29, hopefully longer. This is Julie Ames, the host of Special Needs Family Hour, and today we have Jennifer Lynn Adams, Miss Wheelchair America. She is a very talented woman who is an author, performer, and a motivational speaker. So join us in a moment on the other side. We'll be back in a moment with more of the Special Needs Family Hour. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. And I'm here with Jennifer Lynn Adams, Miss Wheelchair America 2014. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Julie. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background? Well, my name is Jennifer Adams, and I am the Miss Wheelchair America 2014. I was born in Tacoma, Washington, and raised in a very small town in western Washington, uh, by an amazing family. When I was born, yes. um, I was born with partial limbs and uh, I was given up for adoption at birth. And I always say that that's the first miracle of my life yes. because uh, I was adopted by an amazing family. Uh, my parents uh, really felt a calling on their life to adopt children with special needs. Yes, um, And it kind it. of came into their life through a random situation where they were told that they weren't going to be able to have their own children. Really? And they had been, you know, trying to start their own family for several years. So they decided to opt for adoption. And uh, the first child that they adopted, um, unbeknownst to them, had Down syndrome. Oh, okay. And uh, the doctor, you know, said, you can adopt another child if you'd like to, you know, pass on this one and adopt again. And they were like, no, he's our baby. So um, his name is Jeff. He's my older brother. And he really opened their heart to wanting to adopt children with special needs. And so um, I was actually born two years later and they had already requested through the adoption agency that they wanted to adopt children with special needs. Yes. So when I came along and my parents, my biological parents were not able to care for me, uh, the adoption agency called my parents and said, you know, we we have this baby that was born with partial limbs and she needs to be adopted. And my mom said they didn't even talk about it. They didn't even think twice. They were like, yep, we'll adopt her. Well, I, I read your book, Dreams Come True, your children's book. 
the pictures in there, they are so cute of you with your siblings. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So they didn't just stop at Jeff and I. They continued adopting. um, And they actually, I always say I'm their good luck charm. Because (laughs) after they adopted me, they had two natural children. That happens to so many people. Yeah. So, um, and then, so once they, they had Rebecca and Andrew, then we adopted my brother, Paul. And he was two years old. He also has Down syndrome. Okay. And he was the cutest two-year-old I've ever seen in my life. And I was so proud to be his big sister. And it was us five for a really long time. Yes. And when I was 13 years old, um, we kind of collectively decided that we wanted to grow our family more. Yes. Um, And so, again, you know, my parents kind of put it out there in the world that they were wanting to adopt children with special needs. So uh, they adopted my three younger siblings who, um, when they came to us, they were five, six, and seven years old Mom. and had been through a lot. Now, were they siblings? They are a sibling set. Wow. Yeah, and they they were, um, you know, separate at the time in different foster homes. Yes. And the adoption agency really wanted them to be together. And so my parents agreed, you know, that they wanted wow. to adopt so them as a sibling that set. That was a family decision. Yeah. Because that was going to take all of you yep. to have three kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, it, it was such a blessing and... Um, you know, they they came to us with their own challenges, but they've blossomed into amazing people. And actually, my two younger siblings, uh, you know, my sisters, they t- collectively gave my parents 13 grandchildren. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the family is multiplying. Yes, and, they're very blessed. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Now, as far as your um, family goes, your mom is a doctor. And your dad, you said, is a master gardener. Yes. Now, what type of doctor was your mom? Um, she is still currently practicing. She's a family doctor. Which is perfect. Yes. Um, and, you know, she really was uh, the the person that, per- she was the breadwinner. I mean, yes. my yes. family, my parents are very unconventional. Yes. And, uh, you know, my, my dad and her always ran the business together. Right. Um, but he was, you know, a house husband, so to speak, or a stay-at-home dad. So he was the one that took us to school and to our appointments and all of that. Um, and it just worked for them. That's that's how they decided that they were going to raise their family. And I'm I'm really thankful for that because it really showed me um, a unique way of looking at family right. that's not so conventional. Yes. Um, but you know, they made it work, and it worked yes. for them. Now. Was there ever a point that you realized you were different when you were little? You know, it's interesting. I didn't really realize that I was what you would say, quote unquote, different right. until kindergarten. Yes. Because, um, you know, growing up in my neighborhood, everybody knew me. Yes, because they grew up with you. I played, you know, out in the, the neighborhood with the kids well, just like every other kid did. Yes. Well, the word that I saw written about you was that you were very gregarious. Yes. And I absolutely. saw that. And yeah. I'm like, yes, that fits. Yes. Um, I have some pretty funny stories from my childhood. When I was two years old, I um, my babysitter was watching me and some and my siblings. And so she took us to the park and I insisted that I wanted to walk all the way there, meaning that I wanted to hop on the sidewalk on the bottom of my legs um, and not <laughs> use my wheelchair. And I didn't want to be carried. And it's about a mile walk. Oh, my. And she was insisting, no, I'm going to carry you. 
And I was so upset. I started screaming that I I did not want her to pick me up. Oh, my. And this little old lady saw from out her window, you know, this babysitter, you know, sort of upset at this little two-year-old that has no arms and legs and is sitting on the ground <laughs> screaming. And she thinks it's some sort of, like, domestic yes. issue. You're being she abused. calls 911 oh, and the police show up. <laughs> And my babysitter's like, what is going on? And they're like, uh, somebody called 911 about child abuse. And she's like, she's the one that's insisting that she wants to walk she's on the bottom being of her leg. stubborn. Yeah. So anyway, that was. Oh, and your mom and dad, thing. they're probably thinking, we can't ever go out. Yeah, I was I was very stubborn and still am. Well, you know, it's a, hey, God's gift. Right? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. is. If used in the right way, it's very powerful. Yes. <laughs> and that's what, that's what they always tell parents with stubborn children. God will use that for his good. Absolutely. <laughs> Bill's, Bill's help, Bill programs our show and he's laughing. So I guess maybe there's a stubborn child somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the story of our house with both of them. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, so tell us about your educational background. Um, well, Actually, education was something that didn't come easily to me in my life. Um, when I was, you know, going off to kindergarten like any other child, my parents were told through the public school system that they were not going to educate me um, because they didn't educate children with disabilities right. within the schools. Um, you know, this kind of dates me, but, it, you know, when I was starting school, there was no Americans with Disabilities Act. Right. Um, And it it really wasn't uh, a mainstream, uh, you know, practice for children with special needs to be educated in public schools. And so there was one little tiny ray of hope for my parents, and that was the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. Yes. Which had a very small clause that if any school was receiving public uh, assistance, then they were required to provide an education for children with special needs. And so, uh, you know, they sued the school district and they won because of the Rehabilitation yes. Act. Um, and so they, my parents sort of single-handedly started special education in the small town that I grew up. Wow. So, you know, going into a situation like that, you know, the, the teachers weren't really prepared to right. uh, have children with special needs in their class. But not only did that happen, but uh, their my you know my parents' lawsuit also shut down a school that oh. they were sending all the kids with special needs to this one separate school. Right, it was kind of run down. It wasn't well run. They weren't really actually providing much of an education or right. a curriculum. Right, and so you know all of a sudden, spe- all these special needs children were entering the school system, and the school system was very unprepared. So right. it was kind of messy. But, you know, it, it happened. And, and because they fought for me, I received an education. Yes. And I'm so thankful to that for this day because I would not be the person I am. Um, and I would not have the success I have in my life had they not fought for me to receive the education that I received. And I believe that even just knowing that in my story has inspired me to fight for that in other parts of the world. And for children who may not be receiving an education that need to be. Yes. Well, when we get back, let's talk about how they fostered um, your sense of independence and helped you and nourished your different talents. We'll need to go to a break right now. I'm here with Miss Jennifer Lynn Adams, Miss Wheelchair America 2014. 
I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour right here on AM 860, The Answer. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. And I'm here with Jennifer Lynn Adams, Miss Wheelchair America 2014. And we have been talking about Jennifer growing up with partial limbs and the wonderful parents that adopted her. Now, what I want to hear, Jennifer, is how did your parents foster your independence? Because you're a singer, you're a dancer, you have your master's degree. So please explain to us, how do, how do parents with special needs children do that? I think one of the most amazing things that my parents did for me is that they recognized my abilities far beyond my disability. Yes. And so they recognized early on that I was gregarious and had a propensity for putting on a show. And, you know, I mean, one of my favorite stories that they tell of me is I was four years old and they took my family you know, we all went to the rodeo. Yes. And all of a sudden I was missing. They saw my wheelchair, but they didn't see me. And I had hopped out of my wheelchair. I had followed the sound of the announcer and I had found out where he was standing. And I went, I had hopped up the stairs to the announcer's stand and tapped on his knee and said, I want to talk on the microphone. And so he, you know, was charmed by my cuteness, I guess. And yes. he put me up to the microphone and he was telling me what to say into the microphone. And um, all of a sudden, that's how my parents found me. They heard my voice over the loudspeaker. Oh, my. Um, and I think that one of the things that I, what my dad says that really struck him is that I didn't sound four years old. I sounded like, you know, a mature adult announcing the rodeo. Yes. And he turned to my mom right then and said, she has a future in some sort of public speaking or being a radio on a radio or having a radio show or something like that. Um, And so, you know, they really recognized that. They also recognized early on that that I had a talent for singing. Yes. Um, And so when I was six years old, right before I started kindergarten, they hired a voice coach her name was Melody, which I think is very appropriate. Perfect, yes. And she basically became part of our family and still is to this day. Uh, she came to our house every Wednesday after school and taught me voice lessons for an hour. Um, she taught me how to read and write music and, you know, to, to sing to the best of my ability. Um, but she also taught me the importance of telling a story. Um, And even at a very early age, she really helped me connect with my story and the power of it and expressing that through music. Yes. And she helped you through your rough years in middle school. She did. So, um, you know, throughout my childhood, I was always in talent shows and choirs and, you know, stage productions. And that really helped with my confidence. Um, But when I got into middle school, I really began to be uh, bullied every day, bullied, teased. Uh, like threatened, uh, my physical well-being was threatened. And, you know, in my 
elementary school years, like school was fun. You know, I looked forward to going to school and never really had an issue with being made fun of. But suddenly in middle school, uh, school became a war zone and it became a place that I was anxious. I didn't I didn't enjoy being there. I I remember I remember feeling very anxious to go to school in the morning. Right. Um, And I began to have severe panic attacks, Mm. uh, you know, almost every other day where I'd be in the nurse's office and my heart rate would go sky high. And Now, why would the school, why wouldn't the school do anything about it? Um, you know, I think at that time there wasn't a lot of, you know, things happening in the world about anti-bullying. Right. Um, I never remember hearing the word anti-bullying at that yes. time in my life. Um, there wasn't a lot of teaching. There wasn't the movement of diversity that we have yes. now. Yes. Well, one of your spe- um, you're speaking to a group of kids, and you were explaining to them that the word advocacy didn't exist, diversity, mm-hmm. um, that it just wasn't there. Yeah, and so there wasn't a lot of awareness that you know this was an issue and or how to handle it. Right. Um, and you know, every school is different too in the way that they respond to bullying. And the other thing too is that a lot of bullying happens away from right the passing teachers. in the hallway. Yeah, it's very much a a peer oriented issue. Yes. And so I, you know, I would go and say this happened to me and they, you know, the teacher would say, well, I didn't see it. Right. And so, you know, it, it wasn't really being handled at all. And so I, I just remember feeling really helpless. And once in a while, my peers would stand up for me, but you know, when bullies get their power, they kind of have everybody afraid of them. Right. And so that, that really started to wear on my self-esteem. Right. Um, but you know, Melody was a key person in that time that, you know, she just spoke words of encouragement to me all the time. Yes. And, you know, she would say, you have a powerful gift and, you know, this is what you're going through right now, but you're going to change the world someday. Now for your parents, though, that must have been very, um, very hard because it's hard when your kid comes home and tells you that people haven't been nice to them. And how did they handle that? You know, once in a while, if something really awful happened, they would step in. And, you know, I do I do remember that they got some kids suspended a couple times for, you know, good doing things like, <laughs> you know, that were really obviously like needed to be punished. Right. But for the everyday sort of chatter or whatever, you know, they couldn't really do a lot except just build me up. And, you know, I, I just remember, I think one of the things that I appreciate about my parents is that they weren't helicopter parents. Right. And that's actually really rare for a child with special yes, needs. Most is. special needs parents are helicopter parents where they feel really this need to really like protect. overprotect, which I understand. But my parents were really good about not doing that. And I think that something that they really empowered me, how they really empowered me was they would say, you need to go in and handle this. You need to go talk to the administrators, yes. you know, and... Um, I'm really thankful for that because I think even in that time where I was really anxious and um, I didn't really feel like I had a voice, they were right. pushing me to go and say what was going on and, and what was happening. So and they I were did teaching you to advocate for yourself before people were talking about yes, it. Yes, they did. They definitely taught me self-advocacy early on. Now, I used to dance and I and with my children being special needs, um, I always would enter them in gymnastics because they don't have to stand in a line together and they don't have to be on time with the music and it because they work with them individually they were able to um, progress at their own rate you're a dancer 
how? I mean, how did you get into class and explain that to me? Okay. Um, well, my dance story is actually very unique. Uh, you know, I never received formal training for my dancing. Okay. And I'm not sure if my parents attempted to, but I think that they, I never was, you know, part of a ballet class or anything right. like that. But I had an aunt who was a ballerina. Really? And she came over, you know, I can't remember how often, but when I was a kid, she would come to the house, you know, probably once a month yes. or so. And she would teach me what she called Jenny Ballet. So Jenny is was my name when I was a kid. I go by Jennifer oh, now, but right. Um, and so, you know, she taught me how to pirouette and how to how to twirl. And, um, you know, she choreographed some pieces for me and, you know, really worked with me on that gifting. Yes. And so that stayed with me. And I've always really loved like contemporary and ballet dance. Yes. So, um, you know, as I got older, I mean, I've always been a dancer in my heart. Right. But um, it was actually when I first won the title of Miss Wheelchair Washington that I did my first public choreographed dance in front really? of an audience. Okay, because it looks like the videos I've seen, it looks like you've been doing these choreographed dances forever. Well, I have just in my living room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, when you were Miss Wheelchair America, tell us about your platform. Yes. Well, the journey to becoming Miss Wheelchair America was, um, you know, it had its challenges. And I've always felt like I needed to share my story with the world. It, yes. It's this, it's this something like a, you know, force within me that compels a me. A burning desire. It is. And for a very long time, I felt very obscure in the world. Um, you know, I, I experienced a lot of times of feeling very invisible in yes. my life. Uh, you know, middle school and high school being one of them, just yes. feeling like I was just kind of shoved to the back of the school. Like, you don't really matter that much. You're at the back of the line type thing. Yeah. And then, you know, even as I was growing up and in my mid-20s and everything, you know, just feeling invisible in different social settings. Now, wait a minute. You've just mentioned feeling invisible twice. And I would like you in the next segment to explain that and relate that to how becoming Miss Wheelchair America how that all fit in together in your experience. This is Julie Ames, the host of the Special Needs Family Hour, right here on AM860, The Answer, and we'll be right back with Jennifer Lynn Adams. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. And I am here with Jennifer Lynn Adams, Miss Wheelchair America, 2014 and we were just discussing your books dreams come true you wrote as miss washington and then discover your identity you wrote when you were miss wheelchair america absolutely would you like to tell us a little bit more about discover your identity yes well something that i really connected with during my tour as miss wheelchair america was how knowing who i am was the way that i had gotten to that title um and you know that was something that was really forged in me in my college years was 
to know your identity, to know your gifts yes. and talents, um, and to, to understand the purpose that you have in your life and how that keeps you centered on the right path right. in your life um, and helps you be successful in all that you do. And so I felt compelled to write a book, Discover Your Identity, because I really want other people to connect with their identity and their story and their yes. purpose so that they can experience success in their life. I also started a workshop around the book um, that I started sharing in, in colleges and universities yes. all over the U.S. I'm still doing that. So anybody out there that's working at a college that would like to bring this to your school, please get in touch with me. Why don't you give them your website? Yes. So um, you can purchase all of my books on my website. I also am an artist. Oh. So you can purchase my art prints. Yes. And Most of your art is related to the water because you, you love the water. Absolutely. One of the really pretty pictures is called Living Water. I like that one a lot. And then you have a postcard with a mermaid. And this is my favorite. It says, don't get stuck in a pond when you were meant to swim in the ocean. Absolutely. That's, That's one of great. my best-selling cards. So yes. I have inspirational postcards on my website. And you can purchase all of these on my shop on my website, which is jenniferlynnadams.com, and Lynn is spelled L-Y-N-N. So please check that out. Yes. And you also started a new nonprofit. Do you want to tell them about that? Yes. So uh, there's a, a lot to say, um, you know, to put it in a nutshell, during my years, Miss Wheelchair America, I had several sponsors that sent me on adaptive sports adventures. Yes. And I had never experienced that in my life. I really didn't even know that most of these adaptive sports programs existed. But all over the United States and the world, there are adaptive sports programs where people volunteer to help people with disabilities or extra abilities um, to experience adaptive sports such as surfing, water skiing, yes. snow skiing, parasailing. I mean, any any activity that you can think of. Well, I love the picture of you surfing. And I have never surfed, and I would like to sign up for this adaptive surfing. It is so much fun. And honestly, experiencing those sports adventures really opened a whole new world of adventure in my life. Yes. And it, it changed me. It you were really, in Hawaii surfing. Yes. I had never been to Hawaii, never been anywhere tropical before. It was an amazing experience. And you know, it really showed me the possibilities of life. Um, you know, I've always lived unlimited, but it, it really allowed me to open a door in my life to living even more unlimited. Right. And it also helped me overcome a lot of fears. Yes. Because um, I had to push through a lot of fear to get on that surfboard for the first time. And yes. it wasn't easy. In fact, the very first time that, that we caught a wave, I fell off and the surfboard <gasps> hit me in the head. Oh <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing this. And they're like, get back on there. And so the rest of the time was amazing. And I'm glad I didn't let that one little bump on the head stop me. Wow. But that, not to deter anyone listening, but, you know, it, it, it helps you realize how strong you are, that yes. you can, you know, you can fall off a surfboard, you can get caught in a wave and you're going to be just fine. And one of the things that they do have is they have a water team that's there to make sure you're safe. Right. And so and they have, you know, various different adaptive equipment to make sure that the surfboard is adjusted to you. And it's like this with all these adaptive sports adventures. So um, this summer I started a nonprofit organization called Making Dreams Come True. And the vision is to open the doors of adventure for people with extra abilities. Yes. And I use the word extra abilities instead of disabilities. Right. Just because I feel that that expresses who we are more. Um the word 
disabled means to be ineffective. And I don't think that that's true. No, and that definitely does not apply to you. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah. And I just want to open the the world of adventure to people with extra abilities. I know that, um, you know, many people living with extra abilities struggle financially. uh, And that's that's a, a common issue. It was something that I struggled with also. Um, and I'm constantly working through that. So if you are interested in giving to this nonprofit, we're in the visionary stages and I uh, would request your support. And you can go to my website also and click on the nonprofit tab. And there is a place that you can donate on the website. And I would truly appreciate that. Yes. And your website is, uh, you even have a blog on your website. Like you just were in the Bahamas on a cruise. Yes. It was such an, um, an amazing experience. Um, and that also opened the doors for the nonprofit. Um, mm-hmm. I want to also provide cruise experiences. It's a yes. great way to uh, adventure and vacation when you have an extra ability because there's so many helping hands there to make sure that your yes, experience is Yes, I read good. that on your blog and I had never mm-hmm. thought about that, but there are so many on a cruise. Where do you get so much help? I mean, they're there everywhere. Exactly. So, a, yeah. So um, check that out on my website, jenniferlynnadams.com. I'm Julie Ames, the host of Special Needs Family Hour, and I'm here speaking with Jennifer. And Jennifer, you have a message for the parents, don't you? What would you like to tell parents out there? Well, growing up in the family that I grew up in, I have a a great experience of being parented in the right way. Yes. Um, You know, having siblings with special needs and then watching my parents and how they raised me and how they raised my siblings. And I think one of the things about my parents that is amazing is that they really wrapped their mind around having children with special needs because they adopted us. They chose us. And so I would say to the parents who maybe haven't adopted your children and, um, you know, as as Julie referenced about Holland, that maybe it's not something that you expected to happen in your life, but but choose them. Say they are yours and and yes. and that you choose to be a parent of a child with special needs um, because really they are a gift. And I can say from my own life and my siblings, I have two brothers with Down syndrome, three younger siblings with uh, a genetic disorder that manifests a bit like cerebral palsy. And all of us, I believe I'm so, so blessed to have the family that I have. And yes. we're all gems. Uh, my my brothers with Down syndrome are the most amazing people you can meet. And even my own story of overcoming, you know, being born with partial limbs and the way that it has made me the person that I am today, I would never choose to not have the, the extra ability that I have. And your children are extra able. They have a story to tell to the world. They have a story to tell to you. And they really are a gift in your life. Yes. And what a wonderful message. And could you please tell the audience some of the services that you provide? And I don't know if we've told them, but you also have a master's in counseling. Yes, absolutely. I I received my master's in counseling uh, after I, you know, graduated from college. And I use it in my motivational speaking. I'm I do. I have an anti-bullying campaign called the power of words that I share in elementary, middle school and high schools. I also have a workshop called Discover Your Identity, uh, and I share that message in on college campuses all over the United States. And so, you know, if, if you're listening in right now and you work at a school, please uh, check out my website, jenniferlynnadams.com, and get in touch with me. 
Wow. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for it's taking time. It's been my time. pleasure. Yes. And, and my honor. Sharing. Thank you. Well, it's been my honor. I'm so excited that you could be here. You're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames, and you can reach me at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. You can email me at julie at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. And please don't forget us to like us on Facebook. This is Julie Ames, the host of the Special Needs Family Hour, right here on AM860, The Answer. And we'll be right back with Jennifer Lynn Adams. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. And I'm here with Jennifer Lynn Adams, Ms. Wheelchair America 2014. We've been discussing her elementary school. We went through middle school and high school years. It was very difficult. And we're going to go ahead and discuss college and her road to becoming Miss Wheelchair America 2014. So please tell us about college because that's where you rebuilt your self-esteem and reset your goals. Absolutely. Um, You know, college was a pleasant surprise in my life. I, you know, came from a situation where school was a war zone. And, you know, in my college years, school became a peace zone, a place where I experienced true friendship and acceptance. Um, I went to Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma and, you know, I got involved with campus ministry um, and my experiences there really empowered my life in in um, in an amazing way. And, um, you know, I really experienced spirituality in a very empowering way and community. Yes. And, uh, and all of that, began to rebuild the pieces of my soul that had kind of fallen apart. Right. Um, I came into college with a very low self-esteem, a lot of insecurity, a lot of anxieties. And, you know, those were slowly healed over those four years of being in college and experiencing uh, the friendship and also mentorship. I, you know, I had yes. a lot of leaders and mentors speaking into my life. Um, and those were the years that I really learned about the power of words yes. and how words can you know make or break you and the words that you receive in your life from others and the words that you believe about yourself internally um and you know so so those years really rebuilt my life and helped me realize that I had a great future ahead of me yes and so you know by the end of those 4 years I could really look into my future and see promises being fulfilled in my life and to see a journey that I was going to take that was going to lead to something really big and really powerful. And so I was very excited about that. And after I graduated, you know, I kind of had to segue into uh, real life, so to speak, outside of a college scenario. And that was challenging, you know, going from that very protected community into the real world. Um, But uh, I, I, moved into a home where uh, it was four of us gals and we all went to church together. And that was a really good time too. We had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I started 
some new jobs and everything. And I would say about two or three years after I graduated, another very challenging time came into my life right. where um, my church that I had been part of kind of separated and there was just a lot of There's things a happening. Split. And yeah. And, um, and, you know, a lot of the people that I was uh, in a community with moved away and I moved from, you know, the PLU Pacific Lutheran university right. area to downtown Tacoma. And just the whole transition was very stressful. I had never really been out in the wide open world right. like that. Um, right. At least that's what it seemed to me at the time. And so at that time, um, you know, I, I actually was hospitalized several times. Um, mm. My my health just crashed. Right. And and that was a time that I felt invisible again. I, I felt like I was sort of in this dark cloud. Right. And, right. Um, you know, I felt like I couldn't really find my way. And I moved into a different house, um, you know, with people I wasn't used to. And there was a lot of stress with that. Right. Um, and, you know, I was struggling financially because my health wasn't good. And right. it was just a really hard time. But, you know, I just remember that my the one thing that strengthened me through that was my prayer life. Right. And, um, you know, just really connecting with my source of strength. Yes. But I was going to ask you that. What part has God played in your life? Well, I, I really experienced God in a powerful way in my college years yes. with with the community that I began to be part of, the campus ministry. And I think what was so powerful about my experience is that it was very organic. And, you know, I I just, I experienced community in an, or, in an organic way outside of, um, you know, a church building. We would meet right. in like the grassy areas of the school and yes. And things like that. And so it was more real versus institutional. Very, very real. Yes. I'm Julie Ames. Our guest today is Jennifer Lynn Adams, and we're discussing her 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 way to becoming Miss Wheelchair America 2014. And in college, can you tell people what you majored in? Yes. What did you study? Uh, I studied psychology and, uh, you know, I had always wanted to go into motivational speaking. It was something, like I said, kind of right. was put into my heart early on. Um, and then I also minored in music, vocal performance. Yes. So I got to continue my music studies into my college years. Yes. And then, so after college, you moved to, so you ended up in Tacoma, the city. Mm -hmm. And that was a very difficult time. What happened after that? Um, well, I lived in Tacoma for 17 years, actually. And, um, you know, so, so through, through some of the challenging times, um, I, I started my motivational speaking business in 2011. Yes. Um, I was sort of segueing from being laid off at a job and cause that was during the, you know, economic crash. Right. Right. And I had to think fast and, you know, I met with a, a career counselor and they said, I think you should start your own business. And I was like in the middle of an economic recession. And they're like, <laughs> well, now is the best time you have right. a clean slate. So that was um, when I started my motivational speaking business. And I would say that that is when my life really began to start taking off. And my right. I could really start coming out of that dark time that I'd gone through and, um, you know, really see the light at the end of the tunnel and see things happening. So I started an anti-bullying campaign called The yes. Power of Words in 2011. And as soon as I started that, even in the middle of an economic recession, schools began to call me and ask me to come share my story. And, you know, because I've experienced both sides of the power of words. Right. Um, you know, I had a, a very strong campaign 
for anti-bullying. And I did that for two years. I shared this campaign within my community and in Washington, um, which was, you know, obviously the state that I was residing in at the time. And um, in 2013, I was presented with the opportunity to run for Miss Wheelchair Washington. Yes. And I had heard about the organization, Miss Wheelchair America, actually back in college. Right. And I remember being like, I want to do that someday. But it kind of, you know, fallen right. by the wayside and all the busyness of life. And I, I met the current reigning Miss Wheelchair America in 2010. And so it took me a couple of years to decide I was going to do it. Right. But in 2013, I ran for, for the title. And, you know, the rest is history. I won that title through my anti-bullying campaign. Yes. And like I said, I had struggled so much with feeling invisible for so right. long and just feeling this burning desire to share my story that when I won that title, it was like it was just a release into the world. I, I remember right. feeling so happy because I knew that my life was forever changed. Yes. That this was going to be the path to all the things that I had dreamed of. Yes. You know, and it really was a miracle. It kind of came out of left field as a great opportunity. And I'm thankful that, you know, that it happened that I was able to win that title. Yes. Well, since then, you've published two books. The children's book that we talked about earlier, Dreams Come True. What a happy book. And it does Thank such a you. good job. I love your childhood pictures. And I love that you, you tell the story. So at the beginning, it says, I was born with missing limbs. But over on the side, it says, share your dream. And so you've done such a wonderful job of, and the book is Dreams Come True. So you've done a wonderful job of painting that picture in the book for children about their dreams. Absolutely. And then Thank you. I work through your Discover Your Identity book. I got it this weekend and I worked through that. And what's nice about it is it tells your story and then it goes through about the power of words and what what are your goals. And I'm one of those people that I enjoy doing that every so often and it's been it's been a long time. So it was neat reading through that with your story as the background. Thank and you. I definitely want my fourteen year old, my typical child, to definitely read through this. My older two, um, they they don't read at this level, so you they're can read it to them, and I'm sure they would love the well, pictures. Yes, well, I think they could read your children's book. So we're going we're going to do that this week. Wonderful. So I'm here with Jennifer Lynn Adams, Miss Wheelchair America 2014. This is Julie Ames, the host of the Special Needs Family Hour here on AM 860, The Answer. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour. Only on AM 860. The answer.